Welcome back to Bites and Insights, the podcast where we break down complex topics into bite-sized pieces of knowledge. I'm your host, Arwa, and today we're doing things differently. As you know, one of the most effective ways to enforce knowledge and concepts is to explain them to someone else, which is why, without further ado, I have a very special guest joining us, my 10-year-old little brother, Anas. Anas, say hi to all of our listeners out there. Hi, listeners. Today, we're going to talk about some cool books I've been reading, and I thought it would be fun to explain them to you. Sounds good? Yeah, I love stories. That's great. Let's dive right in. Do you know what IT means? Uh, is it like when you play with your iPad? <laughs> That's a good guess. IT actually stands for information technology, so it's all about computers, networks, and how we use technology to do things. Oh, like when dad uses his computer for work? Exactly. Now, in The Adventures of an IT Leader, which is one of the books we're going to talk about today, there's this guy named Barton, who becomes the new IT boss. But guess what? He doesn't know much about IT. (laughs) What? That's silly. Why would he be the boss then? Well, Anas, sometimes people get new jobs even if they don't know everything about them. Barton had to learn a lot of things very quickly. Also, one special thing about Barton is that he's really good at managing people, but he has to learn about computers along the way, just like how you learn new things in school. Oh, that makes sense. So in this book, Barton becomes a new CIO of a company. Do you know what a CIO is? Uh, If I had to guess, uh, it would stand for Computer Intelligence Obligation. (laughs) Or maybe it just means like the boss of all the computer stuff. You're pretty close. CIO is like the chief of all the computer stuff in a company. CIO stands for Chief Information Officer. Barton has to figure out how much money the company spends on computer things. But guess what? He finds out it's really tricky because different parts of the company spend money in different ways. Uh, That sounds confusing. Why don't they just spend all the money in one place? That's a good question, Anas. But you see, what I learned from reading is that each part of the company has its own needs and wants. Just like you spend your allowance on toys, I spend mine on books. Anyway, Barton also has to figure out if the computer stuff is helping the company make more money and be different from other companies or not. It's like trying to solve a big puzzle. Wow, that's a lot of puzzle pieces to put together. You're right, and Barton also faces another big challenge when he discovers that the company's IT projects are a mess. It's like trying to build a Lego castle without any instructions. But Legos are fun, though. They sure are, Anas, but Barton's job isn't as fun, because he has to figure out how to fix all those broken IT projects. And do you know how many people he has to talk to? He tries to meet with his team, and they come up with a plan to make things better. Uh, Did they fix it? Well, they had some ups and downs. Um, and Barton had some misconceptions from his previous role, but Barton learned a lot along the way, and he even had to deal with a guy named Leopold, who caused a lot of trouble. Leopold sounds mean. He sure was. Leopold wants to mess things up for Barton and his team. It's like a game of chess, but Barton has to outsmart Leopold to save the day. You know how it is. Wherever you go, there are some good people and bad people, and what's important is to know how to deal with them smartly. Whoa, that sounds intense. What's Leopold up to? Let me tell you, Leopold wants to take control of things and make Barton's job harder. He wants to make him look bad in front of his other employees. But Barton is smart, as I read in the book, so he knows how to stop Leopold from causing trouble. One very good thing about Barton is that he knows how to read people, so he quickly caught on to Leopold's tactics. 
I learned from that part that it's all about staying one step ahead and not letting anyone like Leopold play his games. Barton sounds like a superhero. He really is. Leopold was so much trouble that Barton contemplated firing him and firing his company, Netifacts, which is the system integrator. He was really between keeping a troublesome player on the team or finding a new one. That sounds tough. What made Barton consider firing them? Well, Netifax wasn't delivering the results that Barton expected. And as a CIO, a lot of responsibility falls on him to make sure that whoever they're working with actually delivers the results. So Barton seeks guidance from his trusted advisor, Ruben, who sheds light on the risks and rewards of such a decision. Over here, I learned that it's really important to not make decisions quickly and to list the pros and cons of every decision to make sure that your decision is informed. Ruben to Barton is like having a mentor to guide him through the toughest challenges. So Ruben is like Barton's Yoda, teaching him the ways of the IT force. Exactly. Ruben's wisdom helps Barton realize the importance of taking calculated risks and staying true to his principles. Reading this reminded me of the different mentors I had when I was an intern. All of my managers were very, very ready to help me when I had any different challenges. They were even very open in training me in things I've never learned before, which was really, really reassuring. That's really cool. So even superheroes like Barton need help sometimes. You're right. And despite investing over $3 million, the project was stuck. And Barton then realized that sometimes you have to make tough decisions to move forward, even if it means starting over. It was really reassuring to see Barton do that, because for me personally, it's quite hard for me to start over. But knowing that he, as a CIO, was able to, of course, after a lot of discussions and a lot of uh, analysis to make sure that his decision was informed, he was able to start over and reset a big partnership like what he had with Netifacts. But this also further highlights how some cases when the risk is so high and when the risk is dealing with someone like Leopold, what it takes is to actually cut him off completely. Cool. So what about the Phoenix project? Is it about birds? <laughs> Not quite, Anas. The Phoenix project is about a guy named Bill who works at a big company. But there is a problem. The company's computer system keeps breaking. Everything at the company is like a mess. Like when your room is really messy and mom asks you to clean it up. Uh-oh. That sounds bad. I know. But Bill had to fix this mess at his company or it would go out of business. Wow, that sounds intense. What kind of problems does Bill have? Well, there's a lot of chaos in the IT department at Bill's company, like long wait times for software releases and too many firefighting incidents. You might ask, what are firefighting incidents? Firefighting incidents is when you have a sudden problem that you have to jump into blind without any plans. They call that type of work unplanned work. Oh, and did he fix them? It wasn't easy, Anas. Bill had to work with lots of people, lots of difficult people. Bill has to learn about something called the three ways to fix things and make the company better. The three ways, huh? That sounds important. What are they? Sure, let me tell you. The three ways are called flow, feedback, and continuous improvement. Flow is about getting work done smoothly. Feedback is about learning from your mistakes. And continuous improvement is about making things better over time. And the way I understood those three ways is about finding the balance. So Bill 
has to try to find a balance between using those three ways to find the optimal solution for each problem that he is approached with. Not only that, but Bill is in charge of a big project at work called the Phoenix Project, but everything goes wrong and he has to fix it before the company goes boom. Oh, that sounds scary. What happened? Well, Bill's company was trying to make a new system called the Phoenix Project, but it got all tangled up like a ball of yarn for so many reasons, such as they don't have enough people to work on it, and they keep getting firefighting incidents that I told you about earlier. So Bill and his team have to work super hard to untangle it and make it work again by addressing those those small issues and then working on a clean slate. Like trying to fix a broken toy? Like trying to fix a broken toy? Exactly. But here's the tricky part. We learn that it's not just about fixing the broken toy. Bill has to make sure that everyone in the company knows how to play with the toy safely and make it better together. Which is why communication is the most important part and the most important factor in the success of any team. Just like how you communicate with your classmates in class while trying to figure out a problem or working on a project. That's why my teacher always says, teamwork makes the dream work. You got it. But add to that, communication. Teamwork plus communication makes the dream work. But guess what? Bill and his team face an even bigger challenge. They now have to deal with a computer virus that's causing chaos in the company. It's like a digital monster trying to eat up all the data. (gasps) How do they stop the virus then? Well... Bill and his friends have to work together to find the virus, and that's not an easy thing to do. Viruses are very sneaky, and they hide in areas on computers where you could never ever find them. Then they have to squash it before it does any more damage to their systems. So it's like a race against time, but they can't give up until they save it. And just like how he dealt with one of the issues that he faced early on in his career, Bill had to dig deep and first construct a timeline of the events up until their discovery of the virus. Then they were able to find the source and to terminate it effectively. Hmm, seems like Barton and Bill had to be leaders and make tough choices. Absolutely. Now let's get personal and let me tell you about the team I'm working with on a big project this semester. Oh, like Barton and Bill? You have your own team. Yes, we all work together to make our project a success. My team consists of Carmel, Hamad, Fawzia, Isa, and I. Alright, so first up we have Isa. He's our communicator and supporter. Isa is always there to lend a helping hand and ensure everyone feels heard and valued. And we make sure that whatever we agree on is recorded by Isa. That's nice to have someone like Isa on your team. Yes, next up we have Fawzia, who's our technical facilitator. So she's our tech guru. She has a lot of technical skills that will make sure that all the technical aspects of our project are in order. Wow, Fawzia seems smart. She sure is. Now let me tell you about Carmel. Carmel is our creative director. She brings a burst of creativity to our projects and helps us think outside of the box to make sure that our presentations and submissions are creative and interesting to the audience. That's cool. I like being creative too. Finally, we have Hamad, our resource investigator. Something that I didn't know about Hamad is that he's a great researcher. So he goes and dives deep to find credible and reliable resources for all of our projects and submissions. And he makes sure that they're all up to the standard that the professor wants. 
Your team sounds awesome. I wish I could meet them. Maybe someday you will. And I also want to take a moment to reflect on the presentation that we had earlier this week in class about storytelling. I realized that storytelling is the heart of what we do here at Bites and Insights. Through engaging narratives, we invite our listeners on a journey of exploration and discovery. We get to learn about our protagonists and our antagonists in the stories. And although our protagonists, Bill and Jim, are clear, our antagonists are a bit difficult to spot. They're not always characters. They can be difficult decisions. They can be office politics, outdated systems, external pressures, and conflicting interests. They represent the forces that oppose progress and challenge in our protagonists' resolve and narrative. And the reason why I'm able to identify the narrative, the protagonist and antagonist, and the inciting incidents, the crazy conflicts, and the inciting incidents that put things into action is because of the power of storytelling that helped me understand complex ideas and concepts and experiences that would be way harder to understand if I was just reading from a textbook directly. Now, dear listeners, this is all that I have for you today. And this concludes another insightful episode of Bites and Insights. I hope you enjoyed exploring the dynamic world of IT with my very special guest, my brother, today. Until next time.